Darth Vader's here. Alex Simmons. Lord you Vader. You are in the future. Welcome to Tell the Damn Story. 2020. <laughs> hey, Alex Simmons, this is Chris Ryan. Are you ready to tell the damn story? You know, it's a, a good, new decade. It's a good thing you don't do drugs, brother, because I don't know what the heck you'd be like. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that, that idea was not in my mind until you started counting. I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm gonna get a vibe of the, uh, uh, ah. the future. You know, doesn't 2020 feel like the future? Yes, it does, especially until when you I... look at the headlines and you're like, ah, damn, nothing's yeah. changed. I keep thinking about things. Somebody, somebody posted, I wish I could remember now, somebody just posted that according to some fictional tale that is fairly familiar, we're in the future, and I can't remember the what, the, what the story was. But, yeah, they were right. Yeah, I suppose that flying cars. Um, yeah, yeah. We're well into if you, um, um, you're, you're, it's actually your boy, uh, uh, McGregor, uh, wrote Kill Raven. There you go. He, he dated it in the far flung 2017. Yeah. Uh, we're well into the Kill Raven <laughs> uh, uh, takeover of Martian. Yeah, which where would are the Martians? Some of the latest headlines. You know what? You might be right. You just might be right. That's what an insane plan. What an insidious <coughs> plan. I know. I was so, waiting. I was waiting for the you know the day the Earth stood still kind of thing. But this is even crazier. This is even crazier. Uh, I was going to say stayed still in a while, but yeah. so uh, man, we had the holidays and we had the yes, New we Year, did. and now we're in 2020. So yeah. um, it's January uh, 2020. Let's recap. Uh, what's up with you? What's been going on? Well, you know, for me, I mean, we entered the new year. And, and actually, if anybody who didn't listen to our previous episode, shame on you. Go back. Yeah. Check it out. It. Check it out. But we talked about some of the things that we dealt with in 2019. And one of the things that I came into 2020 with is a promise to myself, which I have been keeping, to um, show gratitude. For the decade, yeah. for the yeah. things that happened in yeah, the decade. Yeah, you sent me a very beautiful little text the other day uh, showing me some gratitude. And I was oh, all weepy know. and, you know, well, I could just say, well, thank you and right back at you. Oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> the reality, folks, is that, you know, you realize there's a lot of tough stuff that's gone down. You know, I mean, that that's life. But in, in the teens, the 20, you know, 10, 15, 17, 19, there's some hard stuff happened. And yeah, you could you could constantly recycle all the negative, but reality is there's a lot of things that happened that I'm very thankful for. So one of the things I entered 2020 with was was telling people, um, some just in general and others very specifically, what I am thankful for and what I, I give gratitude for. And I will continue doing that through the month, possibly through February, because I have that much to be thankful for. With all the challenges, I have that much to be thankful for. So that's one thing. Uh, I got a couple. I'm gonna tell you. Um, oh, I thought you were going I was just gonna finish off by saying, um, picked up a couple of writing assignments that I'm waiting for the go ahead on. You know, they they said it's yours, but we gotta wait for this okay and that okay. So I'm waiting for that to happen. Fingers crossed. And you know, making plans for for making this year uh, the best year ever. That's cool. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna talk about some of my plans and and. Uh, I think a pretty funny story of uh, actually being published, but I'm going to hold off on that. First thing I want to say is um, uh, our support 
and our prayers go to all the soldiers around the world. Mm. Um, we are in a tense situation now. And mm. without pointing fingers, without finding fault, I think it's a good idea that all of us send our support uh, to our soldiers for finding themselves in whatever situation they find themselves in. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a great sacrifice. Um, hopefully, nothing es escalates anymore, and they, mm -hmm. they can all come home safely. Which is um, the, which is the, the bigger prayer, right? Absolutely. That's the yeah. bigger prayer. But, but you know, right now, uh, you know, I don't know that there's anyone who could say with any certainty what's going to happen next, and uh, we can only hope for the best. You know, I, I, I made the mistake of going on Twitter uh, yesterday, and no matter where you go, uh, it is a conversation, and the conversation quickly gets infested with trolls. Mm. So uh, don't get caught in that trap. It, it, it'll, it'll, it'll eat at your soul. You know, avoid that stuff. And if it starts happening, you can block people, you can get out. You know, a shouting match on Twitter, is, it's as productive as putting your head into a shopping bag and screaming. It doesn't make it, it you know, so, you know, what's, what's going on? So, uh, just support our kids. That's flesh and blood, right? That's people, you know? Yeah. Um, flesh and, and blood. We, we yeah. gotta, we gotta pray for, for their best safety. So that's what I want to say about that. Uh, I do want to speak a moment or two about, uh, the rise of Skywalker. Uh, oh, another oh. thing that's getting a beating on uh, uh, in social media, and I tell you, maybe it's just because I'm a geezer, but I, I, when I go into a, a, a movie theater or turn on a TV or, or open a book, I lower the bar. All you have to do is show me a great story, and I'm with you, you know? And J.J. Um, Abrams and his team, they had uh, their work cut out for them. Mm -hmm. to bring this beloved franchise, this beloved Skywalker story, this saga, to, uh, to some kind of satisfying end. And um, I think, you know, all complaining aside in the, right now, I think this film is going to age better than many of the other films. Another thing I would point out is... You know, they say, oh, it's flawed. You can show me a Star Wars film that is not flawed. I said that one guy says, uh, Empire. Well, okay, watch it again. There's a little <laughs> bits here and there. <laughs> you know? Luke, I am your father. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Maybe a little flawed. Um, <coughs> this is myth. That's what it is. It's, it's an American fiction. myth, but it's myth. Yes. And any myth, if you go to Greek myth, Roman myth, you know, Celtic myth, African myth, any, any of it that is scrutinized will fall apart. Open a Bible. Anyway, read for a while. It will fall apart under scrutiny. Myths are painted with broad strokes. And we go and the, you get the best benefit out of it, out of pulling the positive. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just quickly say that a, I hear you, and I do not disagree with you. What I will add to that is the thought that, because it's going to tie into what we're going to talk about a little later, mm -hmm. is people get pulled into 
just like with soap operas, you know, they start to live their lives through these characters and through these stories. And they make these very intense personal attachments to these things. And it, you know, again, living in the times we are, many of us are already stressed out, churned up, frustrated, struggling, whatever. So our emotions are high. And so here comes our stories, our characters, our favorite this and that. And someone does something different with it or it doesn't reach the, the fantasy level that you've placed it. And immediately the claws come out. And it's like, yeah. whoa, take a breath. First off, it's a movie. Okay. True. It affected you. I get that. They affect me. But it's a movie. Your blood pressure should not rise to a dangerous level over something that doesn't really exist in reality. True. In and those characters. Yeah. Over the evolution of our entire race, myths have been told, tales yeah. have been told from the, you know, around the fire, you know, in, in, in those days prior to written language, you know, to uh, uh, cave paintings and cuneiform and, you know, only written in Latin, and then Dante said... Or the Griots, which are storytellers, verbal storytellers. They, we went, they keep it all in their head and their heart, and they pour it out to the masses, you know, verbally. The, the difference between all of those ages and now is that we have the ability to see it again and again and again and study it and all that stuff. If, you know, I bet you, if we went back in time, you know, watched the, the, the fire circle... There'd be two people on the side saying, oh, he told that story last week, too. God, geez, you know. Yeah, I mean, how, how big was the bear this week, you know, Cor? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> last but, week it was three bears. Okay, really, come on here. That may explain why they started sacrificing virgins. It was, <laughs> you, oh, the critic, into the fire. Into okay, the folks, anybody who wants to can come and smack him one for that. <laughs> you know? All right, so... Uh, so my my advice is to lower your expectations. Go and have a good time. There's a lot of fan service. Uh, they paid off stuff from every movie mm. in a very fun way. And there are visual references and uh, line references to uh, all the other movies and other movies that uh, we liked from the similar genres. So there's a lot. There's a lot to have fun with. Good. Good, there's good. A lot, there's a lot to enjoy, so go on. Now, <clears throat> by the way, I'm just, just to let you know, folks, I'm going to go see Little Women. I do intend to go see Star Wars. You know, I intend to go see that. Not at the same time. That's the, that's well, the, Little Star Wars. This, I'm going to go see Little, Star, little Wars Star Wars Women. women right. That's what, <laughs> waiting for the crossover for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marvel will be doing it. But, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing a number of films uh, over the next few weeks, and to be entertained, disappointed, and or, as I hope with one in particular, to, to be schooled because I, I can be wrong, you know? And, yeah, I'm, and, I'm, and, and yeah. if people have been watching the show, you know that uh, he has, uh, Alex has gone on record. Yeah. Has not really having a lot of faith in this new uh, little woman. And then say, wait, I might have to adjust that because he yeah. saw some of the trailer. Yeah. So, I mean, that is, that is still, op that's an open mind. To the yeah, story, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, and, and Bring it. <laughs> and uh, these stories, you know, everybody is flawed a little bit, and you're going to see some flaws if you look for it. But if you if you go in looking for joy, there's a lot to find. Yeah, as long as I don't see a, an O'Henry bar sticking out of one of their period dresses, I'll be fine. <laughs> That's all right. 
or as in cats, if you know, you see the human hands in the cognats. So yeah, really. Yeah. Um, speaking of flaws. Yes. Uh, Let's talk about that. <laughs> over Christmas break, I finally got over my thick-headedness and called GoDaddy, who uh, that's who I went to for my uh, website. Website, yeah. Uh, two years ago, in 2018. And uh, everything was fine, except there was a couple of problems. Um, whenever I wrote a blog on my WordPress, it went somewhere. But it didn't go onto the blog that I have on my web play, website. Oh. I don't know what was happening. Nee, and, I couldn't, nee, 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 nee. and I said, you know what? I'm going to figure this out because, you know, I, I, I don't want to be that old geezer who doesn't who know. Doesn't, yeah. So for, for almost two years, the, I was. <laughs> and, there and you that, were with your hammer and your problem. screwdriver, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to. So uh, finally I called him up. And the second problem was that I couldn't get back into my uh, website email. So what the hell? So I got those things fixed, and I got another thing I had to get done fixed and all that sort of stuff. And um, now when I write on the blog, uh, it goes on my website. Hooray! Yay! So uh, I have to figure out how I can... I, I don't want to just uh, vomit into into the social media. So I think you mean some, cute, don't you? Don't you? Yeah. Sound, you really you, know, you just don't want to. Here. Here's words because I want you to. Yeah, I'm just trying Regurgitate. to get some that's yes. worth sharing. <laughs> but um, I checked the email, and oh, wow, it was a lot of crap in there. So I got rid of that. But in the middle of that was this beautiful diamond, this dream come true. Uh, from October 14th, 2018. Oh God! From two years ago. Yeah. So um, while I was creating this website with GoDaddy, I had submitted uh, to one of my uh, target places. I really wanted to be published with um, Shotgun Honey. Uh, I love the stuff they do. I like the feel of their stories. I like the, the whole company. So um, I had created a character named Penelope. And um, I got accepted and got published in Shotgun Honey on October wait, 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 14, oh, 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 wait, 2018. Wait, 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 put it in the... In, oh, wait, now hold on a second. Two it's years ago? Two years ago. Yeah, two years. <laughs> I told you this story was about being flawed, okay? So, uh, so it was on the Flash Fiction page. You know, you have to write a story of 700 words. I thought it was an interesting uh, challenge to fully, you know, realize a character and uh, get the twist I wanted in those 700 words. Um, but yeah, it was there. So I owe Congratulations. Honey, uh thank you and all that stuff. And I've, I've shared it around and uh, uh, I will get it up on the website. Uh, and I have an, uh, uh, another uh, Penelope story and then another story with a completely different character, unrelated to Penelope. And I'm going to submit both of those to Shotgun Honey. And, and, I, and I, they're going to go, yourself, you know, we, we print, printed your story two, three years ago. You didn't say thank you. Get, the, get out yeah, of our so, faces so here. So I'm going to tell them this ridiculous tale. And hopefully they'll get a gig. <laughs> and that'll be another it. story you'll submit. And we're going we're gonna to submit Congratulations. We'll see where it goes. Excellent. But, uh, yeah, you know, Excellent. Uh, you have to laugh and learn from, uh, you know, this farce that is called, you know, human. The, the, the human experience, yeah. right? Well, folks, so, lesson here, get out of your own way. <laughs> okay, yeah, sometimes yeah. you got to get out of your own way. And, you know, the competition to get into a place like that or any other place, 
uh, leads us right into this new feature that we're doing for 2020. Absolutely. Right? We're doing the, uh, what did we, what phrase did we come we, up with? We called it the get your right on. We'll get you right on. It's get you right a, on, right? I can put a little a inflection in there. For 2020, tell yeah. a damn story. Get you right on. Yeah, right it's on, about, right on. <laughs> it's about uh, elements of writing, you know, being a writer. And it's yeah. like a little mini school right here to tell a damn story for you. So we're going to segue from that uh, goofy ass story to <laughs> our first topic, right? Yes, and the topic we are. is uh, motivation. You got to check your motivation, right? I mean, my flaw is I should have been so on top of that um, that uh, that I corrected that email uh, problem and got access to it immediately to check for that. But the flaw was, oh, oh they didn't they didn't like the story. They didn't even respond. Ooh, and of self confidence, uh, lacking yeah, thereof. You, gotta, huh? you 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 have you have to check your motivation and don't fall prey to your own flaws right it's a, you know there's a saying uh i forget which writer says it you guys can google and let us know but um if there's any way that you cannot write do that <laughs> <laughs> uh, i forget the guy's name who said that but he said because it's a long it's a long road and it's difficult and like any other creative career the no's phenomenally outweigh the yeses and and even when even when the number of no's is less than the yeses it still does because we hold on to yeah the punches more than we do the caresses we really do oh, but yeah. yeah 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 one little thing and that's what you're going to obsess on that's and, right and you have to you have to check yourself constantly mm -hmm. um for a long time, a long time ago, for a good couple of years, uh, I was writing stand-up with a friend mm. of mine, the late Rich Ramirez, and uh, uh, co-created a uh, sketch comedy troupe and performed in it and all that sort of stuff. And uh, what he would say is, you know, you, you really need to want this. You, you have to really want to be a stand-up, to be a mm. performer. And... It was a freeing experience when I realized I like writing it. You know, I enjoy that. But given a choice between going out and waiting for a slot or writing another chapter of a novel, I'm always going to choose the latter. Mm. And, and being honest about it and uh, making that peace with it was one of the more liberating things that I've ever done. There's nothing wrong with uh, stand-up. I love it. I still wish that it burned in me more. But if you're honest with yourself and um, follow follow through on that honesty, I think you're going to have a, a a more peaceful life. You it's know? funny we 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 had similar pseudo similar experiences in that I did because I was an actor for a number of years. I did stand up for a year and came to the realization that that is not for me. Uh, you know, not only is the writing of the material harder for me mm -hmm. but it's also um you you do have to want it you have to really yeah. want to build that craft and build it piece by piece audience by audience you know dry you know tumbleweeds going through the room you know, when you drop yeah. a joke you gotta want to deal with all of that in order to reach that quality level 
You yeah. know, and, and I realized that was not me. Acting, love it. Stand-up comedy, no. And it's the only audience, I believe, it's the only audience that you encounter in the whole performing universe that defies you. You know, yeah. a singer gets up there, oh, okay, sing, let's see what you got. You know, actors, similar things. Comedian, yeah, make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> you, know? well, you think you're funny, let's go. Yeah, yeah. right, you know. Um, I like, I really loved the writing. But I didn't want to tell the same joke every night. That that was the that was the epiphany for me. Mm. Um, I I preferred the sketch comedy because I was someone in a producer, you know, or or director or developer role, and then the performance. I was I was not the featured player. I would be the second banana or third banana, you know. I was the resident white guy in a Latin comedy troupe, so we could play on that and all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, but it, I wasn't carrying the weight of that, you know. I was carrying the weight of the writing because, you know, I would I would even have them improv and I'd have a recorder or I would take notes and I would turn it into a script or I'd come in with an original script, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and but you could, that that's where you are. I want you to become and I still use a lot of comedy in my fiction. But absolutely, it all it all goes to motivation. Why are you doing what you're doing, you know? And even saying, well, I can't not do it. I, I must write, you know, that uh, super trite, uh, um, uh, uh, just cliche is a trap, you know? Think past that. Ask yourself. Look yourself in the mirror. Give, take yourself for a walk, you know? My father used to suggest I take a long walk over short pier. That's not what <laughs> I'm suggesting. Yeah. Not at all. But seriously, um, folks, yeah. <laughs> um, no, take yourself for a walk or walk the dog or whatever or go shopping. But while all of that is happening in the in your head, you're figuring out why am I doing what I'm doing? And and one right. one really strong reason aside from, you know, aligning yourself with your goals in that process. But the other thing is every time you write a piece, you're gonna be checking yourself for why am I writing this? What is this about? What am I trying to say here? You know? So we have to check in with ourselves repeatedly, you know, yeah. through the process, through each project, you know, because and, that's part of what it, what we do. And I, and this is, we're, we're starting to segue away from writer motivation to character motivation, but while yeah. we're in there, I will say that I, um, once I came to my reasons for why I write and um, uh, why I continue to, while, while I'm, you know, I'm paying my bills from another career completely, mm -hmm. but I continue to write it i mean that's something i really had to, to square with myself but then the um then when i write once i've made peace with that my first mm -hmm. draft is all in my head you know i'm thinking about the characters i'm thinking about why they're in my head why why they keep coming up when you know the other two or three characters have taken the back seat you know, and why a story keeps bothering me. And um, I might start connecting uh, little visuals in my head or, mm -hmm. or music. Sometimes I create a playlist. You know, this song sounds like the character. This song sounds like the character. Mm -hmm. And, I, and you know, uh, a little influence from Joyce Carol Oates there. She says that she goes running. I, I wish she had influenced me into re running. I am not really running. But... <laughs> She, you know, and she says that she will run, and as you know, from the first step is the first moment in the book she's working on, 
and she won't write a word of it until she can run and see the entire story, the entire book or whatever project it is from beginning to end without a glitch. Uh, and she's running and she sees a glitch. She works on that glitch. And a lot she's she's almost that. in San Francisco now, right? Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> she she we, runs she from run... New Jersey to San Francisco. Get that story down, right? <laughs> you, you could run in a, you know, in a quarter of a mile circle forever, you know, and, yeah. and it, 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 whatever, it doesn't make a difference, but it, your head can go anywhere it wants. Yeah. Um, I'll do that with however movement I'm making until I feel not as clear as Joyce's, but I still, uh, I want some discovery. But um, then it goes to uh, writing the notes and having a pile of index cards. But even then, once I have them and I feel like I have it internalized, then I write. And when I'm writing that first draft, I don't do what you just suggested about checking yourself. Why is this? Why am I doing this? Why is that? Because I've done that in my head. Mm-hmm. So there's just two ways of <laughs> mm-hmm. doing it and get yourself motivated that this is the story I have to tell now. Um, can we segue now to character? Go right ahead. All right. So then let's talk about your character, any character, right? Why is that person in that story? Mm. Right? Uh, you have to have that conversation. You have to know a lot about that character. Uh, I like having superfluous information about that character. You know, you have mentioned a bunch of times that I have a um, character profile. Mm-hmm. I didn't invent it. You know, I've heard it in different classes and all that stuff. Uh, I have a lengthy one. You know, it's over 100 questions. And it'll it'll even go to, you know, what bank does that person use? How much How much do they have? You know, um, because all that information, you know, how, the, how their childhood was, um, whether they're broke or rich, whether they're in love or not in love, all that becomes character motivation. The more you mm-hmm. know your character, the more you know about your character, the more you understand why he or she would be involved in this or that. Um, you know, we take classic characters. You know, Batman is, is his entire 80-year career is overcompensation for the trauma of his childhood. And depending yeah. on which writer and what era you, you approach him, you've got different elements in there that speak yeah. a lot. He's, he's dealing with it better or worse, depending yeah, on exactly. what decade you're in exactly. and whether Frank Miller has his hands on oh, it. Right? Yeah, true, true, true. And that's one of the powers of that particular character. But, you know, the same is true, right? We If we if we look at that character as a, you know, as a writing exercise, and there's this huge book that... Uh, uh, Tina and the boys picked me up for Christmas. It's the the entire history of Batman. It's it's a murder weapon. This book is about forty pounds, right? I throw it on the bed and it moves Tina. Whoa, you know. (laughs) So, uh, but it goes through, you know, year by year, era by era, and all that sort of stuff. And one of the uh, running exercises I'm using it for is to watch how different writers. in different eras and different economic times and different social times. Yeah. Approach the character. You know, approach the character. Yeah. And you can really you can really learn a lot about how everything motivate can possibly motivate a character. You know, in times of war or in times of communist scare, the red scare. Right. You know, we got a very different Batman. The UFO you know? scare or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. There was this weird time in the 50s where Batman and Robin were traveling around the universe fighting aliens. 
if you hear that today, a young reader of Batman today will say, what the, no, never. (laughs) Right, what what is that that for? It's not Superman. (laughs) But but in that time, what was catching their their imagination? NASA, you know, the race to the moon. That's right. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. The Red Scare, all that sort right. of stuff, and uh, Area you know, 51, you know, all yeah, those yeah. things. So, uh, it's fascinating to see, and uh, I'm going to continue through it because there are some times where I thought that particular character and, and ancillary characters to that world, such as the Joker, I thought people have crossed lines with with those characters, and I want to mm-hmm. see what the reasoning is, and it ties back to what we're trying to uh, share about. Motivation. You know, the more you know about the character, the more you know about their everyday life, about their background, about, you know, what was their childhood like when they were in their single digits and in their teens. And then, you know, uh, how successful are they? Not excellent. Why are they successful? Are what, they- what, I, what I would also warn people, uh, I'll use the word warn. Because warning, of, warning, yeah, warning, 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 danger, <laughs> Will Robinson. Yeah. Um, what, what, what I see happening a lot, especially with some of my students, is they will they will go into that that psychology of a character when he or she is messed up, when they're a, a, a sociopath or something like that. They they want to get all dark and gritty and everything. All of their other characters involved in the story are one note, and and you know it's, it's like. Is that because that character interests you the most, or are those the hooks that you're so familiar with from whatever has inspired you that that's immediately what you go for? Because then what you've got is you've got this this lawnmower tearing through a colony of ants. You know, it's just right. like, yeah. you know, what kind of story is that? You, you, you're they they do say many writers do say that your villain dictates the level of your hero. You know, because obviously if if your hero is constantly going against characters that are weaker. Than the the hero, oh, yeah, it's not much of a conflict. It's not much of an interesting story. So the stronger or more dynamic, charismatic, dangerous your villain is, the the more your hero has to work to to triumph. I get that, but none of your characters should be just one note, especially mm-hmm. if they're going to be bouncing against the the conflict throughout the story. You've got to have fuller characters, and you'd need to know more about them. I'll just also just talk well, and again again the the. Um character questions right can exactly. be used for every character Again, and the more and, you know of your secondary characters your uh, antagonist the more informed you are and the more you see where the conflict comes in We're exactly talk about conflict and how they deal with the conflicts because again their personality dictates how they handle things mm-hmm. and i was i was going to say that um I think you, I get a feeling that you were born to be a writer. I think McGregor, who I know very well, I think also he was put on this planet to be a writer. That's, that's, that was what the God said. Put that being down there. Put Chris yeah, down. I, I, and, I, and I think a few pub- <laughs> uh, publishers need to know this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, on the other hand, I think I was put down here to be a storyteller uh, because I moved through different mediums and I enjoy writing, but I also enjoy performing. I enjoy public speaking. I enjoy telling stories in several different ways. And one of the things that I noticed about my early years, uh, my teen, late teens, early 20s, was when I was writing. So a lot of the stuff that I was writing about or creating were characters without superpowers who either came from a background similar to mine or came completely out of the imagination of what I would like to have experienced. And at that time, maybe figured I never would. Since then, 
life has shown me, boy, never say never. But, you know, I so like I had I'll just to give you a quick one. I was um, I was one of those people who grew up on the reruns of the, the dead end kids, the, the Bowery Boys, yeah. you know, which is basically street kids, Hell's Kitchen, New York, running around, getting into all kinds of adventures and dangers and bad guys and spies or criminals, but always street kids. Well, I understood that because I came up in a poor neighborhood, although I wasn't constantly running the streets. But that backdrop and those kind of characters appealed to me. So when I was writing stories for my friends and I to, to actually film in Super 8, you know, we didn't have our, 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 our phones, man, with the video cameras out, Super 8 millimeter film. We would write these stories. We would create these stories. And our characters were similar to that because now we were empowered. Now we could make a difference. Now we could change things. Now we could fight against blah, 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 blah. So that was an early motivation for me to be able to do things in this fictional environment that I couldn't do in my reality, or at least what I believed yeah. at that time I couldn't do. Well, so and, I, and, again, and if I find myself acting or if I find myself speaking at a conference or this and that, I enjoy all that stuff, but it's in service of the story. Yeah. You know, when I, when, uh, I was doing the, uh, the film clandestine with, uh, uh, Phoenix films, it was all about how how purely can I get this cop voice out, you know? Mm. And it was in service of the story. It was, you know, so all of that stuff uh, is serves motivation. Now, and going back to what you were saying about the character, yeah, you yeah. you did you knew your research with that character, yeah. both as yeah. a writer and as a performer. And the word research uh, inspires me to. Uh, share with whoever's listening and whoever needs it that uh, research is the cure for writer's block, is the cure for not sure where the story goes, you know, uh, and it's research. Sometimes it's research into, you know, tanks or science or, you know, I just did recently did a, a Penelope story and I had to research whether or not um, uh, potter soil, planter soil, mm -hmm. uh, was combustible. Ah, uh, you know, so you don't know where the research is taken, but with the Google machine, you can ask them, ask the Google machine the most preposterous question, and yeah, the FBI will be following you. <laughs> <laughs> What's he that car called, outside your house now? <laughs> yeah. Last year he was. I want to know about Nazi tanks, and this year he went, well, what's going on with this Potting guy? soil, um, you know. You're going to yeah, fill a Nazi but, tank with potting soil, yes. There you go. It makes a very nice bomb. Very, very nice, very nice bomb. <laughs> or um, a nice planter for your roses, yes. But it all ties back to character motivation. What would a character do? How would a character do this? Uh, why would a character do this? And that's that's the walk. That's, that's you know, for Joyce Carol Oates, God bless her, it's the run. But, you know, for us mere mortals, that's the walk. So know? let's, 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 I'm sorry, motivations, motivation, great, great. Let's also, because you've touched on it a couple of times, conflict, because well, that's, that's yeah. like, boy, that's the foundation of the, of the tale, right? right. You know, what is the conflict? Character, what, what's uh, Sid Field say? Character, story, story is character. All of it is conflict. Mm -hmm. All of it is conflict. Um, we were talking uh, pre-show. Uh, a guy gets up, makes a cup of tea, looks out the bay window. Not a story. That's right. Guy gets up, makes a, uh, a cup of tea, and looks out the window, and sees a crime going on. What he does next is... Or doesn't do. Right. If, if yeah. he runs out and gets himself involved, potential for a story. If he stays and doesn't, and walks away and turns away, 
and something horrible happens, story. Mm-hmm. You know, if the killer sees him and comes trying to get into the house, story. You know, yeah. Jimmy Stewart will there, attest to that. That's right. <laughs> Rear there's window. No new, there's nothing new under the sun, brother. There you Just go. How, it's how we express it, right? Um, we also said that if, you know, if you're standing there and there's nothing going out on the bay window, you know, and his wife comes out with a suitcase, well, that's the story. Yeah. You know, you know, or if she comes out and doesn't say good morning and he doesn't say good morning, you know, What's then, then we have. And we have a story there as well, you know, well, what's happening and why is it happening and how do we how do we resolve it from happening and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, sometimes my students will, will you know, say, um, well, you know, I don't want her or him to have a problem with this. I just want to show this. I just want to show that. And I'm going to say, that's fine. You know, I get that you want to do that. Why should I watch? Why right, should right, we, right. You know, what is the point? If you're only going to show me that somebody's having a cup of tea, what is it? What is that to me? I can have a cup of tea. What is going to make it interesting to your audience that they want to watch this person have a cup of tea because? And then part of it is is definitely the conflict. Some of it might be, you know, whether it's an internal conflict or an external conflict. I have to go, wow, how are you going to deal with this? How are you going to get through this? What are you going to say? What's going to happen? These are the things that keep your audience turning the pages or sitting in the seat as the film rolls by. Yes, and... You know, one thing you have to keep in the back of your mind while you're doing all that and dealing with all that is that, you know, the reader has a conflict as well. You know, I got to do the laundry. I've got 400 other books I want to read, you know, so you got to I got Netflix and I can stream anything under the planet. Why should yeah. I watch your thing? Yeah. Yeah. You got to earn the time. You got to, you know, you know, that they would put it in for you. So. Sorry about that. I was losing the battery there. I knew that um, was happening, yes. Yeah. What can I say? I don't know what to do. Here they go. <laughs> All right, so we have motivation and we have conflict, right? We're talking about conflict. Yeah. We're also talking about character building. because you Well, know. well we, I, I want to go a little more in conflict before we get to the character building. Okay. Because Hopefully. one builds to the other, builds to the other, right? If you Absolutely. have the background of your character, right? If you've done the um, uh, character bio questions and you can google up some and you know i think we have somewhere we have maybe 15 or 25 available if, if not we can make it available to you well, what, what do you um, what, 20 uh, what are you talking the question character bio questions yeah. oh i can i can i you know what folks i think i have I, to I attach to some other episodes but i will definitely put it here i'll put a link yeah. in here so when you can you can download can pull it pull it out and try it and start it and yeah, eventually I'll, I'll yeah release absolutely whole, i'll make it available the whole list but um once you have that, then when a conflict comes up, what you know about that character informs mm-hmm. how they address conflict, right? Yep. If, the, uh, if something happens outside and he is a community-oriented or she is a community-oriented person or has been over to that person's house for uh, suppers a lot and that kind of thing, you know that person's heading out the door. That's right. You know, if the relationship is different, you know, if there's some concern about, well, am I overstepping? That can, that can make it more complicated. Um, and then whatever that whatever that decision is creates the next conflict. So what happens is, was it nothing? Was it something? Do you feel guilt? And on you go. You know. Um, you know, even if the wife comes out and makes coffee and the two don't talk, 
that whole lack of communication, that conflict, you know, that look of eyes, that awkwardness, that, you know, there's so many stories to tell, right? Yeah, I, I, and, I, I'm sorry, go uh, ahead. I want to throw an example in afterwards. Yeah, go ahead. Well, tell an example, and then we'll say that, you know, what I want to say is those kind of conflicts, the initial conflict, is what creates the character building art. But we'll get to that first. Throw your example. Yeah, just, just two, two examples. Old geezer uh, example and more modern day. Um, Richard Campbell. By, the, by yeah. the way, we hold the record. Bar none. You cannot find older references on any other podcast <laughs> out there today. <laughs> Dr. Richard Kimball, The Fugitive, and I'm talking <laughs> either, there you go, either either the TV series or the Harrison Ford movie, but okay. If you want to go 25 years in the past, or if you want to go 45 years <laughs> I, I got it for you, whichever you want, you know, I got it here, right? I hear there's a reboot coming, so you might be, you might be hip soon, but go ahead. What can I say? But here's a man <laughs> who's on the run and in hiding from the police forever was for five years but nevertheless forever and yet he would wherever he would go he would find himself in a situation where somebody else is in a, a situation a problem a struggle and it's always do i get involved because on the one hand i care about people i'm a doctor jesus you know all of this but i got you know i got to stay low i got to stay under the radar and that was an ongoing conflict in his situation i'm afraid of exposing myself because then they'll get me Right. So then, so it was but whether the, or not. But, but the inner motivation always outweighed the exterior motivation. Yeah. Yes, he was a fugitive, but at first and foremost, he was someone who would honor the Hippocratic oath. So exactly. That his motivation to help another human being outweighed his. Key. Yeah, his was always key. And it made him, the result was, we responded to that character because of that humanity. Right. We cared about him no matter what. Now, come forward to Denzel's Equalizer. Mm -hmm. Okay? And that opening scene in the store where the guy comes in, he's ripping off the cash register, and the young woman is scared. He's telling her what to do and everything. You know that this guy could have taken him right then and there. He could have taken the whole thing down right then and there. But he doesn't. He goes on the, on the low key, makes sure that she's safe. He makes sure the crook leaves. He identifies a way of tracking the crook, then methodically goes and picks up this massive ball-peen hammer. We don't need to see what he does with it. But the next sequence is he's putting the hammer back the next day. He's cleaned it off so nobody's going to see any remnants of whatever <laughs> or anything else, right? He's returned her, her precious uh, family heirloom that the guy had stolen all under the radar because he has changed his life he does not want to be out in the public eye because of a his character is supposedly dead, but b because he led a covert existence and he's now changed that he's he's in hiding. So again, he still does what he does even on that domestic level. Yeah, this, the movie takes off and goes into bigger issues, but even on that domestic level, I got to do something because I care, but I've got to protect me at the same time. What do I do? Right. And so, and, and as ancient as the examples are, they. I love you too, brother. <laughs> come on, I, you know I'm going to break your lens all the time. Mine are pretty old too, but I think it's it, hopefully it's one of the things that people enjoy about the podcast. Yeah. Um, comparing the two of them, show us again how 
character background and motivation is used to inform how a character will deal with conflict. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Campbell, the fugitive, will expose himself to being found out and give the people chasing him uh, clues or evidence to get, you know, he'll risk capture. While the, uh, uh, what's Denzel's, what's that execution, uh, uh, equalizer's name? I forget that character's name. Oh, God. Um, you know, in the TV series, it was, um, well, it was Denzel. It's because, yeah, it's Denzel. Yeah. What do we need? Video. What else do we need to know? Right. Um, McCall. He, McCall. He, he will do it all in a, uh, to use that word a second time in a podcast, a clandestine way. Yeah. To, to not risk exposure, knowing that he is in his, he has a, particular set of skills <laughs> yeah. that um, that will help him reach his goal and help that woman. Yeah. You know? So, again, knowing the background and knowing your characters really well is, uh, that's the key to writing through your conflicts, writing, your, you know, you're building your character arc. Now, let's talk about character arc, right? Yeah. Both of these characters... Uh, have a need for secrecy, are trying to resolve. Uh, Fugitive was trying to resolve, but I'm I didn't do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And the equalizer is I, I I need to stay out of the public eye, yet I have a drive that will not let me not help these people, you mm-hmm. know. And, and you can see the conflict of both. Um, from knowing that, then you can build the character arc. Now I have a question for you about character. 1847. And there we go. Thank you so much for stopping by this episode. I hope you too can find 1847 because that'll be the key to your writing career. Um, (laughs) The question I have is um, many will teach that you need to know your ending before you begin to write. Mm. And for bigger projects I find uh, that I do know, and uh, it's something really I, I lightning will really have to strike for me to once I've settled on the ending for me to change the ending. You know, um, I have changed how the ending expre- is expressed to better tell the story, but once I kind of know, I know. Um, but for shorter pieces, you know, like the shotgun honey is 700 words. And the, the artistic challenge there is for me to, can I tell as complete and compelling a story as possible in 700 words? So sometimes I'm surprised where the ending goes. Mm. Sometimes I have a, an inkling, but not a full image like I will in a novel. So I'm sorry for this question being long-winded. What but question? Where do, you, where do you fall on this? Do you need to know your ending before? I'm not and does sure. that, you know, answer that, and then I have a follow-up. Okay. I'm not sure if I'm going to answer it the way you mean it or if I'm actually going to be right on target. I think for the most part with me, I have an idea of how I want the story to end, but I don't necessarily know how that will be constructed. 
So okay, can you give an example or elaborate yeah, on that? Okay. I think people might okay. be. So, uh, for instance, when we did blackjack uh, trial by fire, trial by ice. Okay. Yes. In trial by ice, Aaron, I knew Aaron was going to wind up in Russia. I knew why he was going to be there. I knew what the conflict or the challenge and the danger that he was going to encounter. I knew that. I knew a number of the characters he was going to have to interact with. And I knew at the end of the story, he would triumph over a particular situation. I knew the location that he would be in at the end of that story. And I knew at least three major characters that would be there with him. But I didn't see the whole dance. That's interesting. You know, so I said, okay, my goal is this. I'm not quite sure how I will get there or what that dance will look like when I get there. So some of the writing, as I moved towards it, informed me of the intensity of the moment, where the characters were in their heads at that moment, and what external elements were impacting on them so that I knew how that crescendo was going to take place. That's interesting. Now, that was for Trial by Ice. Yeah. I wrote the Trial by Fire story, and I had, I knew that um, he was going to be working with a stranger uh, for the benefit of endangered children mm -hmm. against Nazis. Mm -hmm. And I knew that the end was going to be a very over-the-top, or what they would call a Mexican standoff. Mm -hmm. And that um, a particular character was going to... Uh, use the weapon of dis dip diplomacy, you know, um, or or the ultimative of, are you the one who's going to start a war? Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. In the middle, you know, between those two points, my only goal was to put Blackjack, or put the kids and Blackjack, in more and more harrowing danger, so that, you know, again, conflict reveals character. Right. Mm -hmm. So the more dangerous it became, if a cat, if Blackjack was by himself, he would behave in a certain way. That's right. Put two or three children with him and a complete stranger that uh, he should not necessarily be friends with. And it's going to inform the choices he makes. Right. And that the expression of those choices will reveal humanity. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, if we see through this ridiculously high-paced, bombastically uh, action-packed <laughs> story is really a story about his humanity. You know, and I had never seen him interact with children on this level. Mm. He didn't have language. They they spoke different languages. So it had to be overt actions, you know, and actions, you know, actions reveal character. Yeah, so, I, it's funny. I will, I will, I'm sorry. I just want to grab there. Um, Brian Stelfreeze did the cover art for Blackjack, Blood, and Honor. And I may have told this story before, and I'm going to tell it very quickly because I know I interrupted you. On the cover, he I knew was there was going to be – excuse me? I was at the end of my point, so go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, either way, on the cover, you have Blackjack – uh, standing sort of three-quarter. He's holding a small Chinese girl in his arm, in his right arm, which is towards the background, and in his uh, left arm, 
in the foreground is down by his side and his pistol's in his hand. And he's basically, the look is, you want this kid, you got to go through me. That's sort of the look of the, of the piece. Right. I knew Brian was going to do that. I'd seen a sketch, but he did one tiny little thing in the finished painting that said volumes about those two characters right there and then. The little girl who's, yeah, she's being held by this, this tall black guy with a weapon. The little girl is, with her little bitty hand, is holding on to, caressing his, the lapel of his jacket. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer he's holding her. She's holding him. Too. She's holding on to him, too. And that yeah. one little gesture just made this beautiful. Uh, what is the word? A tableau, you know, that mm-hmm. I was I was so thrilled. Even the graphic designer for the series, when the painting came in, it was delivered to her office. And I found her when I arrived sitting there staring at this painting. And she's not a comic book fan, but she was sitting there staring at this painting. It was just so moved by it. So. Yeah. It's, it's those little things in the writing or in the illustration, right. those little things that say volumes, that tell more of the story, that reveal what something, if we had more time, we would be talking about subtext. You know, Alex, that, yeah? look over your shoulder. Oh, <laughs> I forgot that if, was If that. we release the video version of this, the exact painting he's talking about is right over his shoulder. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, geez, that's funny. Um, I completely forgot that was a backdrop. But anyway, I'm just saying if if, that that speaks to subtext, you know, and and there's so much more that we can do with storytelling if we put in the time to develop our characters and understand what kind of story we're trying to tell. Yes. And that's how we build the story arc, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, that being open to information. Right, uh, can inform story. Now you have to be willing to go too far, because a story can take you, or you can take a story in any direction. You know, right. um, in episode, you know that episode numbers better than I do. We had a conversation where, you know, I was listening to these. Uh, it was kind of the emergence of the cancel culture, and they were talking about who can write what. And I had a, we had a real serious conversation on the podcast talking about, you know, uh, Blackjack is an African-American soldier of fortune, you know, having his adventures in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. And I am, uh, you know, Caucasian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Caucasian, yeah. which is even, different than a Caucasian was, because, you know, you know, this means he gets along with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, co yeah, right. Uh Even with, you know, even with the little bit of Spanish I got from my mom, I'm still, I mean, I, you look at me, I have white Irish looks, you know, and mm-hmm. I come from a, a, a background of a Irish ghetto and all that sort of stuff, and, uh, you know, informed by all my experiences. And I came, honestly, to have a conversation with you of, you know, if are, are we to pay attention to this cancel culture, we really have to have this question. And um, you just turned around and said, look at the stories you've written, <laughs> right? And, you know, the proof was in the pudding and that kind of stuff, you know? Even when we expressed stories completely differently, you know? I go back to when we were putting together Blackjack Shooters, which was oh, our yes, first mythology. print book, right? And uh, Jamal Eigel, we were going to use his art for the cover. 
So we're just about ready to go. And I, I got in touch with him and said, uh, you know, one thing that always bugs me about a comic book or, or a book is if the cover art is not reflected anywhere in the book. <laughs> said, you know, and you started laughing. You knew where I was going. It's like, we don't have a story reflected, you know, that, that this illustration reflects. And the res- resolution was we would both write that story. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of a separately. Fun thing for, separately. Yeah. For, you know, it would be a fun thing for fans to see, you know, two different versions of where that cover might take Blackjack. Uh, so now there are two stories about everything that's expressed in that cover. Uh, and again, the, the stuff we focused on in looking at that illustration, um, for you, the background, because you knew the background of when that piece was originally written. So you extended it from a previous story while I went completely organically and didn't attach it to anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but we both, you know, the, the cool thing was because we both knew the motivations of Blackjack and we knew the conflicts presented by Jamal in that illustration, we were able to get a uh, uh, conflict, of course, but uh, a story arc where this was going to go, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, both of us kind of saw it as somewhere near the climax of the story because of the the power that Jamal infused. And, and if you don't know Jamal Igel, uh go that's, to Amazon. That's really and, your loss, right? <laughs> yeah, find this is this guy is uh, oh man, such a dynamic uh, uh, artist and visionary there. Matter of fact, I was watching, uh, uh, this is an aside, and some may call it a tangent. Um, Alex, you teach at the New York Film Academy. Yep. And yesterday, uh, I was flipping around YouTube, see what was there, and the New York Film Academy has started to put out some uh, videos of when guest speakers come to speak. Mm-hmm. And I was interested because, you know, Alex was the hook. The second hook was uh, Kevin Feige had come to speak with him. And the question and answer was okay. I wasn't convinced that the professor really knew the movies as, as well as she was uh, intimating, right? Mm. But then they went to Q&A. And we got to see these potential Alex uh, students. That's what I kept thinking, right? It'll get to Jamal in a second. So um, the kids were adorable and much younger than I expected. And from everywhere, from comp- all continents. Right, and mm-hmm. you hear all the different accents and all this sort of stuff. But uh, like towards the end, two people, three people before the end, there's a guy waiting in line to ask a question. And after all the other kids wearing Marvel t-shirts and Spider-Man t-shirts and stuff, this kid was wearing the cover of Black. That uh, Jamal's project is a award-winning right. project. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, the, the, the premise is, what if black people were the only people to get superpowers? How would the world react? Fantastic right. question. And if you didn't read it, go to, go to Amazon or go to your local uh, comic book store and make sure you get it. But I, I took out my phone and I'm, I'm ready to take a picture of the TV and send it to Jamal. I was so excited. But, but you know, the guy had been there 15, more, 15 minutes longer than he had uh, uh, been scheduled and he had to go to the next thing and they cut the line off before that kid could come up and you know I could fully see the sweatshirt uh, I was like ah dang 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 but uh, yeah I mean that's how um, 
recognizable Jamal's art is and that kind of stuff. But uh, the point being, knowing your character background helps determine motivation. Motivation helps determine how you handle conflict or how your character handles conflict. Mm-hmm. Knowing how the character handles conflict helps build the character arc. If you're just beginning writing, it's a good exercise to figure out where you end up, right? A maze is always easier to do backwards, correct? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, someone said that. Someone once said that um, a story should look like a tree branch, a tree trunk, or a tree branch, where if you're looking at it from the trunk outwards, it branches off in all these different directions where you know where is it going you don't know but if you start from the furthest point and follow it back towards the trunk it's a very logical line right Mm -hmm. we read left to right so you see all the you know different red herrings make you keep you guessing you know but if you know the ending you'll know where your character's going and then you can figure out how to get there And all the things that we've talked about today, whether it's writer's motivation, character motivations, conflict, character building, you know, building character arcs, subtext, you know, all of these. We didn't talk about subtext yet. That's true. But all of these things inform those other subject headings like subtext, uh, stereotypes, uh, second bananas, you know, you know, supporting characters in your story. And we did touch on ever so slightly interior dialogue. You know what's going on within the character's head and so forth like that. So these are other things we will we will talk about again. Are you teasing? Are you teasing the next episode? I am teasing the next episode because there's there's three, four categories that we didn't get a chance to touch on this time. We're definitely going text. We are stereotypes. Yeah. Second bananas. Interior dialogue versus having a buddy to talk to. Right there, you go. We will come in our next thrilling chapter, thrilling episode of this cliffhanger. Of tell the damn story because you know what, like as Chris said earlier, we're going to be uh, dropping these these bombs of knowledge uh, throughout. Taking you to school. Yes, <laughs> throughout the the coming the coming weeks, uh, taking you to the uh, uh, what do we call? It? Oh yeah, get your right on. That's right, right on, right, right on, on. right on. That's okay. right, because we geezers be corny <laughs> <laughs> and damn proud of it. Damn so we'll see, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Guys, and, you know, please send in comments, questions, continue to do that. Uh, drop by our Facebook page and, and drop some, some comments and questions there. You can find us on Spotify, on uh, iTunes, on Anchor, on at least six other platforms. Uh, we're just, you know, and, and right here, by the way, also is uh, on WordPress, you know, you, you can find us. So one way or the other, we're out here, we're, we're reacting to you. Feed us. Tell us what you want to know, and we'll be happy to uh, give you all the help and support we can. And thank yeah, you. And this uh, second episode's gonna, um, the second part of each episode is going to be this writing school type thing. So if you know some writers, if you know some aspiring writers, yeah. turn them on. Bring That'd a pad cool. and a pencil. Yes. Okay. Yes. Until See you then. next week, everybody. Right, Chris? Tell a damn story, baby. You got it. Peace. Peace.